there are more women coders out there, but uh, they, they mostly contribute to proprietary software projects. Uh, that's one of, one of the reasons I came here, because I'm open to exploring, to, to try new languages and also to try, for example, something open source that I haven't done before. I definitely am drawn to events that are called Women Who Code, Women Who Make Games. These sorts of events really appeal to me. I think it's because I faced a lot of misogyny. It took me some time also to talk about it because it is so personal, but it's also it's so public. You've heard about the reality. Maybe you've even experienced it. There are more men working as computer programmers than women. And not just a few more men. As we've covered on previous episodes of this program, the gender gap is big. Unacceptably big. And once you start looking at how it got that way, then you start to smell the truth. That it's not just some natural inclination or sheer luck that made it so. No. It's cultural norms that are reinforced, passed on, maybe even celebrated, that say men program, women don't. Obviously, this is not okay, and that's exactly why so many great initiatives to even the playing field have come forward over the past decade. In cities filled with tech work like Berlin, I'm happy to report there's no shortage of programs and events that help foster an environment where women can either learn programming or women who program can get together, work on things in an environment with as little of the long-standing bullshit as possible. So now to the point of today's show. This past weekend at Wikimedia Deutschland in Berlin, I had the privilege of being an observer at the Ladies That Foss event, where women who program got together to work on some excellent open source projects. I brought my microphone. I had a chance to speak with organizers and participants to hear about what makes Ladies That Foss an interesting and valuable experience and to hear about what the participants have gone through and seen in their work. It's all coming up today on the program for Wikimedia Deutschland. I'm Mark von Sikkerrenderu and this is Source Code Berlin. So to start today's program, we go to just about when everything was about to begin this weekend. I sat down with co-organizer and occasional Source Code Berlin producer Julia Schutze to learn about the idea behind the event and how it would all work. Well, we thought that um, in our projects, uh, Wikidata and MediaWiki, we find that there's still a huge diversity issue. There are not that woman, uh, that many women coders contributing as volunteers. So we wanted to do something about that. And uh, so we looked into um, some data and actually found, you know, there are more women coders out there, but uh, they, they mostly contribute to proprietary software projects mm -hmm. or companies. So we thought, you know, what would be a way of introducing them into the open source world, open source community? And uh, that's not sometimes so easy because all these projects have very diverse ways of how you can contribute, how they communicate, how they document their work. Uh, so we thought a physical and offline event would help to solve this issue of, you know, getting a first step into the community, figuring out 
what, what to do first and learning about the projects. So we wanted to provide the participants with a range of projects which deal with security, um, news. Um, we have like our projects, um, Wiki, the Wikimedia projects. Um, then we have browsers. We have all these different kinds, like even one which deals with in the Internet of Things. Um, and that way we hope that we'll, we'll gain participants' attention and they can actually then during the application process tell us, yeah, this is like the program link, programming language I, uh, I like using and this is my skill level and this, these are my interests. And then we really um, matched them. So we had this theme. Uh, obviously, it's not Tinder, but it's like, you know, hey, this is a match. I think you would be really good in this project. I think you can help this project out with your skills. Mm -hmm. And uh, But this is also something you're interested in because that's something very important if you volunteer. You know, it needs to be fun. I also hope that if this event causes some people to stay and some women to stay, they will hopefully come back uh, next time. There will be mentors. Coming up on the program, we will hear from the participants at Ladies That Foss, each that brings their own experience, their own unique point of view. But first, since Julia mentioned this format of having mentors, I thought it might be fun to hear from a mentor, in this case, a really dedicated mentor. And yes, he's a man. And we'll talk about that issue as well. But before that, we can start with simply... Why bring this particular project to this particular event? My name is Michael Henready, and I'm a recovering engineer for Mozilla. Personally, um, as well as professionally, um, I, I wanted Mozilla to really show up in the diversity space, uh, specifically gender diversity. It's a huge problem. Mozilla actually has a higher problem than most companies in uh, gender diversity. Our ratio for engineers is worse in terms of it's more balanced towards, uh, more biased towards men than women than most tech companies which is really surprising because our leadership is actually uh, almost 50-50. So our leadership is far above most other tech companies, but our engineers, uh, the ratio is far worse than most tech companies. And so it's a problem that we are actively trying to fix. And I think one of those ways is uh, you can fix that is by being involved in sort of the scene uh, for, uh, you know, correcting the, the problems that exist in the tech community. Um, and so I really want Mozilla to show up in this space, specifically in Berlin, because I live in Berlin. Personally, I really love like tutoring, training. Um, I learn a lot through these processes. Plus, you feel really good when you pass on the information that you have. Mm -hmm. um, and just, you know, meeting new people who are really interested in open source has been, is uh, very rewarding. Unfortunately for the Mozilla and its open source, uh, uh, let's say it's, its involvement in open source, um, we have a project that is 20 years old. Mm -hmm. um, and what that means is there's a lot of um, technological baggage that goes along with it. And so even getting your environment set up to build Firefox for your first time, it can take hours. And so if you want the type of person who wants to go to an event and immediately have an impact, it's, it's really tough um, because you have to, first of all, set up all the tools properly. You have to download the code, which, you know, after 20 years of changes, these, these can be gigabytes of data. And if you come to an event where you have uh, Wi-Fi that where everyone is downloading at the same time, it can be very tough um, to really, you know, hit the ground running. What we've done today is focus on just getting set up and 
teaching the process of how do I contribute my first bug or my first patch to mm-hmm. Firefox. And so you build it, you look at the bug, uh, you assign it to yourself, you then make any necessary changes. In these cases, they're usually pretty trivial, like just change one line, something like this. Then you take this patch, you put it on the bug, you find a reviewer for that bug, you push the patch to our automated test service, and then you make sure all the tests pass. You run the test locally. There's just all these tools um, that you need to do for even the most complex and also the most simple bugs. And so we spent most of our time kind of learning the basics of how the the contribution flow, let's say. And so that's what we focused on today. Um, and I assumed that that would be all we could do today. However, we were almost all the contributors were done with that within an hour. So we were really impressed how prepared they were, first of all, and then how quickly they were able to deal with all the uh, convoluted tools it takes to make this contribution. They they just got it immediately. And now we're on to our second and third bugs. I think we already had one bug actually fixed today, which means they not only um, learned, like built Firefox the first time, uh, they learned the contribution flow, they learned our testing infrastructure, but they also submitted the patch for review and got the review um, approved and then got the patch push to our to our infrastructure which is you know that took me three months um, yeah. when i first uh, got to mozilla so to have someone be able to do that in one day was was really impressive so i think the our initial goals were just to get people kind of like their foot in the door but they kicked right through the door and were already like um already ready to go which was which was really great So that's Michael Henready of Firefox, one of several mentors at Ladies That Foss. And since we mentioned Firefox, why not run down the list of projects present at the event? I have my my handwritten list. I think it's complete. We've got Firefox, yes, Nextcloud, LibreOffice, Inventaire, Riot, MediaWiki, Koala, SourceFabric, and Wikidata, or data, Wikidata. So those are all the open source projects that people came to work on. We've heard from an organizer. We've heard from a mentor. We can move now to the real stars of this show, some participants. Now, in these conversations, we'll get to hear about what they've chosen uh, to work on at the event, but also what the experience has been like. And yes, the larger questions about what's going on when it comes to women working as programmers or studying computer science today. Uh, In this case, often we're talking about Berlin. And yes, the question I mentioned before about the role of men at Ladies That Foss, that's coming up too. So stay tuned. Um, So I am Michelle Tran, and I am a software developer working for a remote company. Part of my motivation was because I work for a remote company, I don't really... Um, go out and meet many people. And since I'm new in Berlin, I figure that this would be a good chance to meet people as well. I guess the free and open source aspect is important to me. Um, I used to be in a FOSS club when I was in university as well. Um, currently, my company does do some open source stuff, but because it's kind of a payment service, a lot of it's closed source, so I don't get to contribute as much. Every year, I, I always have this goal of um, you know, trying to contribute a little bit more to open source community, but 
Um, I find it difficult uh, just because there's an aspect of fear, I guess, of how do I get into a community? How do I know who to talk to? And am I doing the right things? And there's kind of a barrier there for people who aren't familiar with open source projects. Uh, so I think my the goal I put in the application was that I find an open source project in which I will contribute more regularly. Um, so yeah, hopefully, <laughs> um, I can kind of see it happening. Um, but obviously there's also, you know, work constraints or life constraints as well. Hopefully meeting people and kind of getting this larger picture insight on the projects, um, and what needs to be done will motivate me more to stay long-term for, for the project. My name is Marie-Claire LeBlanc-Flanagan, and I make experimental games. For the last five years, maybe ten, I've been really interested in um, open source software, and I'm interested in copyright, and I'm interested in knowledge sharing, and I don't know anything about it. And I thought this was a really good opportunity for me to just bust through the first wall and get a sense of what's happening. I didn't know anything about Wikidata. A year ago for the Free Knowledge Game Jam here, I had looked a little bit at free knowledge and data sets, but I knew even less then than I do now. And so I knew nothing. And today, oh, in advance of this day, I mean, I've been learning how to program the last year. So I was a little unsure if I wanted to try and participate as a programmer, which is still a bit of a hack job or something sure. else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, we talked about it and decided to do some UX because that's also of interest to me as a game designer I'm always thinking about how people engage with things and uh, and it seems like a safer entryway for me uh, it's enough sometimes just to go out the door and be challenged and talk to people about new ideas I didn't really need to bring my code pressure along for the ride. I definitely am drawn to events that are called women who code, women who make games. These sorts of events really appeal to me. I think it's because I faced a lot of misogyny. Uh, before games, I worked in experimental music, and it was pretty sexist, <laughs> you know, with, if I booked women on the stage, the sound techs who were almost always guys would come and act like they didn't know how to set up their equipment. And certainly as a game designer and developer, the same thing has happened to me. Uh, I did a talk last week and the first question after my talk about making experimental games was a guy saying, so what did you do on these games? And I said, I made them. And he's like, yeah, but like, did you design the art? And I said, no, I, I made them. <laughs> and I face these questions constantly. So being in an environment um, where I feel like I'm not going to face those questions is really appealing to me. That said, like the word ladies is not something I identify with at all. I mean, where I come from, it's like a lady is someone who is something that someone would say like, ladies, behave yourself, like quiet down because you're ladies and you should behave like ladies is the implication or, or, oh no, she can't come. She's a lady. You know, she can't climb the tree. She's a lady. Properness is, is a properness. Yeah. And yeah. it's a class thing. And it's, it's just, a lady is not a person. Yeah. And so, but when I hear ladies, I always think people are operating with the best intentions. And so, and I know that language is really hard, no matter what words you use. I mean, we live in this culture where words are 
deeply meaningful. And we're trying to change the politics and we're trying to change the environment through the language and it's not working, but we need to. And it's very complex and complicated and messy. And so I, when I hear words that I don't identify with, like ladies, I, I am... I try to be empathetic because it's hard to name things. Yes. And <laughs> it's risky. It's risky. It's risky. Yeah. yeah. And you want to include lots of people and and you end up excluding the very people you mean to include no matter what words you choose. So it's messy. One of the most important things for learning, I'm very I'm very into learning. Uh, one of the most important things for learning is feeling safe because to learn, you have to take risks. You've really got to stretch yourself. And if you don't feel safe, it's going to take you 20 times longer to do it. Mm -hmm. And so an environment, like I said, where you are surrounded by people who you can make at least some assumption are not going to be constantly kind of challenging, derailing you in negative ways. Um, and creating an environment of hostility. I mean, I'm just using all the negative words. I want to use the positive ones. Like these environments where people are creating an environment of encouragement, an environment of safety, an environment where you're challenged in a positive way and it's believed that you can achieve your goals. Um, because that kind of belief of the teacher that you will achieve your goals has been proven to actually have a huge impact on whether you do or don't achieve your goals on children and adults. Mm -hmm. um, what your teacher thinks of you matters. And so this kind of environment of safety is, is critical. Uh, for people to learn well. And that's what I want. That's what I seek. Uh, and you're never going to find a perfectly safe environment. But but when someone calls the event, you know, women, women who, uh, or ladies who, or has a, has a code of conduct, for example, is another thing that you can do small. It really leads me to believe that they, that they care about there being some kind of safety. And then I think this is going to be a productive day. I'm going to learn things and grow. Hi, my name is Catherine Castellano, and I am a mobile developer, actually. I work as an iOS developer for the past four years, but I started as an Android developer. Uh, I come from Venezuela, and I've been living here in Berlin for three years already. Because I work, for example, for iOS, I'm working for Apple, Apple is really restrictive. Well, for example, on Objective-C. But right now, Swift is also open source, and it's really um, a good place to start. But I decided that I wanted to start with something so much smaller and also different from what I'm doing right now. Mm -hmm. So I decided that coming here was uh, a good opportunity. And also I was interested in the Mozilla projects. I was interested in working with them. So that's what it drawn me to to this uh, Ladies and Foss. At the beginning, I was a little bit uh, scared because uh, since a long time I haven't worked with JavaScript or CSS. And I was a little bit scared that I like, it would take me a lot of time. I couldn't be able to like develop on the tools and all this stuff. But thanks to Mike, that he was the one who was helping me today, I was able to uh, fix at least three bugs. Uh, one of the patches was accepted, and one of them was also something that even some other guys could not fix, and it was not an easy fix. So that was really a boost of my mood, and I'm really happy after all of this. I am myself, I am a contributor, I'm a event manager for the Berlin Geekettes, uh, which is a woman in tech, and I'm also collaborating right now with Women Who Go, who does Go Language. 
Um, and I'm really passionate on this topic. So introducing much more women into tech, helping them, because there's a lot of people who have different backgrounds and they wanted to go into development, but they think it's also it's scary. So it's scary that you have to learn the tools. It's scary that perhaps you don't find any, any female mentors or something like that. So we slowly try to like dissipate, like to move away those fears. Mm -hmm. So I think events like this help a lot and helps also to have a mixture of mentors. I love that here we have female mentors and also male mentors mm -hmm. helping out. So I think it's a really good vibe and it's also very inclusive. So um, I am not, I really love to go any other project that doesn't have to be ladies with or ladies that do something. But I think this kind of initiative is what we need right now. If you wanted to, for example, have ladies who do something, you also need to realize that also this is a career that it's right now mostly predominated by men. And I, like, I've been in contact with male mentors and they're really open and really focused to help the community to grow. They are the ones who are interested. So we don't have to see it as like, oh, it's a male and he will do this or do that or make me feel bad. I don't think we have to see it that way. We have to see it like somebody wants to help regardless of the gender. So I should accept this, uh, this help. But I also understand that some people at the beginning might not feel confident enough. So that's why I think that it's also good that there's a possibility that you can find a female. Maybe you're more, um, you feel much more empathized or something with somebody from your own gender. So, but I think it's, it's, it shouldn't be a problem or shouldn't be something that people see and like, or determine that I'm not going to go because there's X amount of male mentors. I think we should be open to the idea and seeing that there's somebody's willing to take their time and effort to come and help you achieve the goal that you want to achieve at the end. For me, uh, that's one of, one of the reasons I came here, because I'm open to exploring, to open to try new languages and also to try, for example, something open source that I haven't done before. So, yeah, I think the I'm open to all the communities that I can go, because I think it's exciting to try something different and to go out of your like boundaries and to just this, this also meet new people. Yeah. I think it's a nice opportunity. I'm Kirsten Heitler, and I'm studying computer science in Potsdam, and I'm very interested in communication and uh, good communication. I really like uh, the idea of openness in general, having a more open society, so to say, and software and uh, programming is just one part of that. And uh, I really like um, contributing also to open source software, which I haven't done that much yet. I've done some contributions but uh only very minor and i thought it was a great idea to get to know some people maybe and talk to them and get some first first-hand uh, impressions from them source fabric uh as far, as far as i understand is a software for um journalists for um news companies and i well i'm interested in news as well <laughs> i mean who isn't it's a very interesting topic right And uh, I thought maybe, well, I can make some impact there so that uh, maybe this software can benefit from my skills. I like Docker. I don't know if you've ever heard of Docker, probably not if you're not a programmer. Um, and what Docker is, is it's a lightweight weight VM, so to say. It doesn't emulate the whole operating system, just the file system. That's what makes it easier. And what it allows you is to kind of make the build process a little easier so that you just have to have Docker running and then you can say Docker... Compose up, 
And then it just starts all the services that are connected and uh, it already has all the uh, definitions and all the settings uh, correctly. And so what I'm trying to do is make the build process smoother for Source Fabric. They already have some Docker stuff, but it wasn't working for me. So I'm trying to get that process straight. So I, of course, with a background in computer science, I'm already pretty much, I mean, I've, I've dove deep, right? I've, I'm doing my master's right now. So I don't know. I think that doesn't, it's not true for all the women in the room. And, um, I think it's a great idea to get more women involved. I think open source software also is a great way to uh, get in touch with the community and also learn about the technology. Um, and so of course there's some kind of mission of get more people, more women into tech and more interested in software development as well. Um, I've been going to some events for that as well. There are some networks in Germany which focus on that. Basically, it's called Mint. Yeah, they're all trying to get more women into the, well, engineering disciplines, so to say, the science disciplines. And in Germany, it's pretty hard. It's uh, it's kind of unique also in a way to Germany, to Europe, a little bit uh, United States. So if you go to Asia, it's, it's a very different picture. Their women are... Uh, regularly studying uh, computer science and software engineering just because it's, I mean, why not? It's not hard work physically and uh, women are just as able to do it. But in Germany, there's this picture or a stereotype that computer science and informatics, it's for guys who live in a cellar, don't shower, are fat, eat pizza, drink coffee, smoke. Usually that's like one of the first reactions I get when I say I'm studying computer science. They're like, whoa, I, w I could never do that. And that's, yeah. it's like something that I, I would like to change too. Like this, this idea that I could never do computer science. I could never program this idea that, that it's some kind of magic is just, well, I, I, I think it, it's not magic. And most mm -hmm. people, I mean, not everyone could become a, a well, very good engineer, very good programmer, but everyone could program and it's not magic. So we uh, worked on Firefox today and um, we spent a bunch of time just um, exploring how contributing to Firefox even works. Um, all the tools you have to install and configure and download and um, version management that's different from what I'm used to, all that stuff. But then uh, we dove into um, beginner uh, issues and we uh, did a bunch of them. But I'm just going to present one that I did and I'm pretty excited about it because apparently millions of people are going to see this. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I'm just, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I just feel really famous now. And, uh, so I worked on the Riot project. Unfortunately, we don't have a working demo because of a bug we just found in the... Uh, yeah, in the code base, and um, but I do want to say a couple of words <laughs> because I was very excited about this project, and um, uh, I'm uh, I was very happy <laughs> today to work on this, and I want to say thank you to my uh, mentors. Uh, so this is actually my first pull request written in C, <laughs> so I was really excited about this, as I said, and basically what we did today is that. We created, we implemented the SNTP protocol 
which is a simple uh, simple network time protocol. So here, so basically we are creating like this package and we are sending it to a server and getting back the response which contains like the the time from from that server and it synchronizes the the times. It's not uh, very complicated, but it was really fun to work on it and I was very excited and thank you for having this really cool uh, event. Thank you. <laughs>
mentors and all the projects uh, which join. Um, if you would all like to come up here and we have uh, a little something for you. Um, yeah, and then a huge applause for, uh, and thank you for your time. <laughs> Just now.